Welcome to Intuitive Art Sales. This is the show where I, Jessica Craddock, am going to teach you how to source your art marketing from within. You're going to practice claiming that authentic art business that you want and leading it the most natural way for you to get there. You're going to learn to get connected to your intuition, your confidence, and your community so that you can sell your art consistently while holding strong boundaries on your work-life balance. I'm here with Phaedra Taylor. She is a encaustic and watercolor painter, and we're just getting to know each other. So her subject is these semi-abstract landscapes where she explores processing memories and also a sense of place where you connected to how you belong to a place, et cetera. She is also an illustrator and a mother, and she's learning to blend together all of these pieces. And she's been selling pretty consistently for the past 10 to 15 years. Mm -hmm. And she just told me she's in Texas. <laughs> so hi, Phaedra. How are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm very happy to be chatting. I am so thankful that you reached out because, you know, I love to get to know new people. Some of the guests that I've had on this podcast, I've known for a long time. So it's really interesting to be able to do this with the other side of the coin where we're just getting to know each other and I can pull out all the little parts and pieces and see where we land. Mm -hmm. So our goal for today is to talk about what is your vision of what's next for your business and help you find some of the steps, possibly the big picture, possibly both, depending on what you're wanting to help you get there. So you can mm -hmm. get started immediately right away. Mm -hmm. So before we booked this call, I asked you what it was that you wanted. And you said, I want to start working bigger. Mm -hmm. I want to work in these five feet by five feet panels and put them together into triptych. So I'm just working huge. Tell me more about that. Yeah. So I was actually able to make some really big work a few years ago, and it was three, five feet by five feet panels that I worked in encaustic on which was the biggest encaustic painting I'd ever done. It's huge. And I felt a little bit like I had to relearn everything that I knew about encaustic painting to go that size. I just was captivated and I loved it. And it, I was exhilarated by the hugeness of it. I was already working in landscape and it was like, I could walk into these massive, you know, landscapes that I'm making now. So I have not been able to stop thinking of those paintings. And I made them in a really unique situation where I had a lot of support. Somebody provided space for me. They provided some resource money. They helped me workshop how to do it. And now I'm back in my like ordinary life where I have a small mm -hmm. studio and I have children, like you said. So I have limited studio time, but I can't stop thinking about those massive pieces. And I really just would love to come back to that. All of my ideas seem to be headed in that direction, bigger and bigger. But then practically when I get in the studio, I feel like the thing that I can accomplish is so small. So the idea of figuring out some way to go into this larger work just feels, I just feel like it's a bit over my head in face of the practical restrictions of my life. So. Well, you yeah, had I, mentioned storing it. Besides that in mm -hmm. your home studio with kids, what are the things that are really holding you back the most? Like, what is your brain saying? I can't because I think space practically to make it 
you know, it would be, I'd need to rearrange some actual space in my studio. So there's just the work of that, of figuring that piece out. Where would I put it? Encaustic is something that you make flat. So I'd need to sort of engineer some really large flat spaces in my life. So there's that piece, but then there's also just when I am making work that is small, I can drop into it, be in the making experience, and then have the like wonderful dopamine or serotonin, whichever brain chemical it is, rush of finishing something and then offering it to my audience or interacting with it online or putting it online. And so that feels really good. And the idea of being in something, being in like the slog of the making part of it and the like not knowing if it's going to work for such a long period of time. And that's what it would be if I was making larger work is it would just be a, a much longer process. That feels scary to me because, you know, being a mother and being an artist is like they're both pretty demanding of you, time-wise, sure. energy, emotion, all of it. So I feel like, do I have the capacity to enter into that work and be in the kind of messy middle for the amount of time that it would take to be there? And then also just like, what if it doesn't work out? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, there's risk involved in committing to something that large. And then what if at the end of it, it's just horrible? I mean, it feels scarier than a small five by five painting where if it's horrible, you can just sort of chuck it out and move on to the next thing. So those are all my like swirling kind of issues. Yeah, those are, I mean, that was very thorough and awesome because we can now see what each one of those is and start mm -hmm. to problem solve. Mm -hmm. So I kind of want to start with the very last one. You said, what if it doesn't work out? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is something that will keep us from doing all of the most beautiful things in our lives that we want to accomplish, right? Because it's something that we really, really want and so the chance of being disappointed if it doesn't work out, mm -hmm. it's a really big block for mm -hmm. many people. And it's something that you have to learn how to work through. So let's do the opposite. Actually, no, we're going to do two things. One, what if it doesn't work out? I want you to answer that question. What would you mm -hmm. do if it didn't work out? Hmm. That's like such a big question that I haven't actually ever thought about. Most people don't. I mean, well, if it didn't work out, I would just have like a really large, bad painting. Let me I be more specific. Let's say you made a great painting. You posted it five times and it didn't sell something along those lines, because mm -hmm. I'm assuming mm -hmm. you know how to rework things. You know how to look mm -hmm. at the composition and make it better. You're an artist. I'm not going to go that direction as that being the problem. I mm -hmm. believe okay. that you can problem solve that. So other side of the coin doesn't work out, meaning doesn't sell immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like doesn't sell or I mean, if I were making work that large, I would enter it into some exhibits mm -hmm. probably. 
So doesn't get accepted. Okay. Let's go with that. Doesn't get accepted. So what would you do if you made this large, beautiful piece of artwork and it doesn't get accepted? I would feel sad about that. And then I think I wouldn't know what to do with it. Mm. I mean, I would probably offer it for sale. Then I have no idea whether it would sell because work that large, I have not yet sold work that large. So I have no sense of like, if that would work, which usually I sort of do, like I kind of know generally what I'm able to sell, what my audience responds to and asks about. Which is good information to have. However, if we want to grow in any aspect, whether that is, I want to do something different, I want to try a different style, I want to charge more, I want to increase my audience, in that growth phase, that is where you very rarely know it's going mm-hmm. to work out. Mm-hmm. And so you can choose stay safe where I am, keep making what I know people will buy, keep offering it to people who I know will buy. And you can stay there. But you told me, I can't stop thinking about it. It's consuming my thoughts. It's taking over everything. I just want to be big or work Mm -hmm. big. Mm -hmm. So if it didn't get accepted, you would be sad. And then you would offer it for sale. And maybe it would sell and maybe it wouldn't. Let's just keep going down the bad rabbit hole. It Mm -hmm. doesn't sell. Now, what do you do? You offered it to your audience. You submitted it to a show or art fair exhibit, whatever you called it. Then what? Well, I, then I would have this painting, this big painting. And I think I just, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to do. Do I just hold on to it? I would probably just hold on to it and sort of see if there was an opportunity for it to do something at some point. I mean, I think that what I know sort of in my gut is the experience of making it would be valuable, whether or not it ended up doing what I want it to do or what I would hope it would do. For me as an artist, it would be valuable. It's just, I think, is that enough for me to actually make it? Maybe is my question. That's a really great question. What's the answer? I mean, I think in my mind, the answer is yes, but in my heart, I feel a lot of fear. I I think in order to make something like that, just for the sake of making it for me to see if I could make it and for me to go through the process of like thinking about those things and processing those things through my work, I would have to believe pretty deeply that I am like worth that uh, what is the word like worth giving that, you know, cause it caught, co- it would cost right. Time, materials, yeah. energy, like, and is it worth it for me to spend all of that cost, whether it's like monetary or energy or whatever, just for me to have that experience of making that work and for nothing else. Okay. So that's really good to know. So far we've got worst case scenario. It doesn't do what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. And you have to hold on to it and look for other opportunities and enjoy it in the meantime. It's mm-hmm. not so bad. Yeah. So you were just speaking about the cost. 
what would be the cost to you to not make it? Because I feel like you have a pretty good idea of what it would cost you to make it. What would it cost mm-hmm. you to not make it? I think I would wonder, I would always wonder what that would have been like or where that would have taken me. You know, I feel sort of in my gut, like my real work is on the other side of this, or maybe this is my real work, but like the work that I'm doing now is fine, but I feel that it's sort of coming to the end of what it is and it's time, you know, for it to be the next version of itself. So I think, I mean, really part of the reason why I can't stop thinking about this work is because it's what feels exciting. And I think I would be bored if I didn't follow this thread. I mean, I already am just a little bit bored, which is Mm -hmm. sort of the push of like there it's something else, which is why you're here. Yeah. Which is why when you posted that sort of call to be on, I was like, me, (laughs) please talk to me about it. (laughs) It's so easy to be in your head about all of this, you know? Of course. Yeah. One of the things that I love to do with clients is break down the thoughts and help you see different ways to guide them through getting to the answer that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you so far have decided it's not so bad to have it sitting around in my house. It wouldn't be the end of the world, Mm -hmm. but you have decided that if you don't do it, you will always wonder, you'll feel like you're never doing your real work because it's on the other side of this thing. Mm-hmm. you won't get to that next version and you're going to be bored. Is that worth not investing time and material cost into? I mean, no, the answer is no. I, I was hoping it was going to be a clear, hard, <laughs> like, right. no, no way. <laughs> no way. Okay. Yeah. So we yeah. are at, it would not be worth not doing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So next piece of this is I need to engineer large flat spaces. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is work. And again, it is time. It is energy, but we've already outweighed the cost. So what is keeping you from engineering, let's say one, because Mm -hmm. ideally you have room for three at a time, but let's say you only have room for one at a time. Yeah. So what is keeping you from engineering a large flat space for you to work on? Well, I mean, practically the space that I work is half of a bedroom. Okay. So I just have that like physical limitation. I think I'm looking at it. It's on the other half of this room. I think that I could get a five by five panel over there but it would definitely be like, that's all that's happening over there in that space. Right. I do have a little bit of outside space where I could work. dogs or? No, I mean, I have children. (laughs) (laughs) How old are your children? They are five and 10. I feel like five and 10 is probably old enough to tell them not to walk on it, right? Yeah, and it would be up on a table. I mean, I'd need for it to be up on a table. Okay, Um, so- thrift stored or Walmarted mm-hmm. fold out table that you could store away when you don't need it. Mm-hmm. I've done on encaustic before, but very little. And it's been a very long time. So I don't mm-hmm. know how long this takes to dry, et cetera. 
it's the dry time is immediate because you're using hot, uh, essentially wax layered and large and yeah, all the, I mean, I could, if I finished my work session, I could immediately put it up on its side and it, it would not damage it. So you could work outside on a table or on a flat surface on the ground, even with a tarp over it, something, and mm-hmm. then immediately pick it up, bring it inside and set it on the wall inside of the small side of your studio. I could do that. Yes, I could do that. So you could actually work on several at once. Yes, I could. I had not ever thought of like working on it and then picking it up and bringing it inside after, which seems ridiculous now to me. But It's really easy to not see the easy fixes because you're stuck in, what if I don't know? What if I don't have the capacity? It's mm-hmm. messy in the middle, all of these things that you said. And that's where your brain stays. It doesn't get into the, it's actually not that hard to mm-hmm. problem solve to make this happen. Mm-hmm. I have this list of momentum boosters that I give my clients. And one of them is called the next aligned action. Mm-hmm. So if I want to work big, what's the next thing I have to do? I have to figure out a large flat space. That's mm-hmm. the very first thing I have to do. Once I do that, before I get that done, I don't have to worry about what all the next things are because mm-hmm. I can get lost in the thought process. So I just yeah. need to know the one. Mm-hmm. And then once I have a flat space and I've got something on the ground, I need to know what's my composition gonna be. I don't know, maybe I'm out of order here, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. all you have to do is figure out one thing at a time mm-hmm. because that momentum will help you keep going. It's like before we mm-hmm. turned the recording on, I was, talking to Phaedra about, I am currently recording these podcast episodes and I don't even have a name for my podcast yet. (laughs) So I don't like, I don't know how I'm going to host it. I don't really know how all the things work. I've been doing some research, but I could get lost in all of that and never get to the actual execution of it. So instead I said, what can I do first? I can make an application form and tell people about it. What Mm -hmm. can I do next? I can talk to those people. What can I do after that? It's just one step at a time to keep you going. Mm -hmm. Because if you take one step, you're going to get to the end. Yeah. I mean, that is actually a very helpful way of thinking about it. I I think I am more of like, let's make the whole plan. Sure. Because then I know once I step into it, I've got it all figured out. Like I have my roadmap and it feels less risky because I'm not like, you know, building the plane as you're flying or whatever the the metaphor is. (laughs) But the problem is never, ever do you ever actually end up following the plan in the way you set the plan to get Mm -hmm. to the result that you have in your head that works out exactly like you thought it would. Right. Right. And it is a tremendous amount of energy. Yes. To like you said, solve all the problems before you're actually confronted with the problem. Yes. So the idea of just doing the next thing and then figuring out what needs to happen. I mean, that feels a lot less heavy to me than like, Oh yeah. It's way I need more fun. To, yeah. Yeah. And I think leaves room for surprises, which is part of why I want to make this work is because I'm wanting something that is more unexpected that surprises me. Right. And I've been kind of working on one scale. 
for so long that it doesn't surprise me anymore. I mean, part of it too, and maybe you were going to mention this, but part of it too, I think is about trusting yourself as well, right? You will be able to solve whatever problem it is that you come across. I mean, look how far you've come in your life so far. You have kept yourself alive. You have started a business. You have had children. You've bought a house. You have all this beautiful artwork that you didn't know how to make a million years ago. Like Mm -hmm. there are so many things you've accomplished. Maybe some of those are society's expectations. And so you just assumed that you'd be able to. Whereas as an artist, there's a little bit more questioning, a little bit Mm -hmm. less societal belief in Mm -hmm. capabilities and what comes after and Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. But that's why it's a little bit harder because you have to source that trust from yourself. Mm -hmm. And I have tried lots of different ways to do that for myself. I have hired coaches. I have tried to, you know, meditate down all the things, whatever. (laughs) The thing that I have found that works the fastest, I'm not saying none of those other things work, but the things that work the fastest is taking that action step Mm -hmm. and getting the feedback. Mm -hmm. I believe I can do this. I believe I can clear a space on the floor. I believe I can work this big. You've already proven that to yourself. Mm -hmm. I believe that I can make space for it, that I can find opportunities for it, that I can use this not only to figure out what my real work is and feel excited about it again, but also to find a place in the world for it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I Um, actually, I have a question. Shoot. Um, Which is maybe, this is maybe a good time to ask it. Okay. So, all right. So what, what would you say if, so I have this, this idea of five by five feet as, as sort of the, the size that I'm interested in. I know that in a year, I will have a much larger studio space. It's, com- it's coming <laughs> um, because we're building a house and we're waiting in this small house for our Amazing. house that actually fits our life, which is incredible. We're so grateful. But would you say make like three feet by three feet paintings until you have your larger space or is it like, just go for what you actually want to do? You sure could. I don't think it's going to satisfy you. And maybe you want to try, I don't know, give yourself a time period of three weeks. And I want to get a large pad of paper and I want to experiment with what they would look like on a quick Mm -hmm. fashion then I want to jump into the five by five Mm -hmm. but I don't see three by three doing a whole lot for you Mm -hmm. whether that's it's not going to give you that whole dream it's going to be like I'm just going to squash it a little bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you still have to store it and you still have to work with it and you still have to probably bring it inside and outside so it doesn't really change anything Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I really love, this is not even a part of this conversation, but I really love that you can have that 
unshakable trust that in a year you will have plenty of space for these because you know that's coming. Mm-hmm. You've already figured that part out. Yeah. And you could wait a year to start, but I don't think I could actually. No. <laughs> I mean, when I talk about it, I'm just like, it's now, you know, I think I would be frustrated if I waited. And it doesn't mean that I have to like make all of them this year, no. but I think even just working on one would feel like I have begun that body of work that I've been thinking about for so long. What you could do is keep making whatever version of the work you're making now that you want to make and have these as your passion project that you're also talking about and saying, I am not making these on a mass basis right now, but you did say earlier, I do commissions with my audience and saying, Mm -hmm. hey, these are available only as commissions until Mm -hmm. a later date because I don't have room for them, but I can't not make them. Mm -hmm. If Mm -hmm. you want to work together with me to collaborate a piece, that's going to require you probably making a couple of your own first because no one wants to, yeah, they don't have your vision. Right. Right. They don't want to risk paying you a bunch of money for a vision that they don't have. Mm -hmm. It's just not a thing they're going to do. So you got to show them what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. So this is your passion project. Show them what you're capable of. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do love that idea, which I actually have started to kind of head in that direction with commissions anyway, which is less, I'm going to make whatever it is that you bring to me and more like, here's what I'm making. Here's my interested in this and you want to invest in something like this, we can talk about size or certain elements that you love, but I'm not going to like come outside of this series that I'm already working in. So I feel like that would be very in line with what I've already been communicating. Right. So you got yeah, this. that's great. <laughs> okay. So tell me your next two steps. Okay. So it would be figure out the space, like where I can put a big panel. Tell me specifically what you mean. Clear a wall space or you don't, maybe you mm-hmm. don't know that yet, but the more specific you can be, the easier it is to implement. Well, I think part of the issue is in Texas, it's very hot in the summer. So I can't realistically work outside and make encaustic in the heat. So I do have, I mean, actually have to probably wait until at least September, but I could plan for how I'm going to set up my outside space, get the tables and then plan for where it would go inside when I bring it in in my studio. Cause I'd have to rearrange some things to make room for it to like lean against the wall. I want to give you a plan B because waiting till September just made me hurt. Yeah. (laughs) I do have lots of projects this summer that I have to finish first. Those are already queued up and committed. And so I don't think it will feel actually like I'm sitting around and waiting. It's like you're starting. Yeah. I did start a, a sketchbook that's planning just for this series where I'm putting everything in for this work. So maybe one of my things is committing to working on that every week so that when September comes around, I'm ready to go. Okay. So we've got the sketchbook that we're committing to. And I don't like saying once a week for reasons I don't want to get into right now, but let's say four times a month. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And you said 
practically figuring out the table and where you're going to lean it. Mm-hmm. Number three is keeping your eyes open for that. This isn't the word you used. Spark. I call it magic. I forget mm-hmm. what the word you used was, but I don't even remember now. <laughs> just keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. I would be shocked if by the end of the week, if that is the lens that you're looking through, where can I make this work? You didn't have a place where you could make it. Okay. Maybe it's your kitchen floor. Maybe it's your garage. Maybe it's a friend's empty something. I don't know, mm-hmm. but just keep your eyes open. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I love that. hmm Okay. So tell people where they can find you. Um, I'm on Instagram. Phaedra Jean Art Machine is my handle. You spell it. P-H-A-E-D-R-A-J-E-A-N. And then Art Machine. Perfect. And then PhaedraTaylor.com is where you can see my portfolio. And I have seasonal shops and all kinds of information on there too. Perfect. Thank you so much, Pedro. This was fun. It was great just following all the little threads yeah. and getting some new insights and clarity. Super helpful. Perfect. Well, I'm so glad you're going to be making it. I can't wait to see it. Be sure to send me anything you make as soon as you make it. I absolutely will. Okay. <laughs> Lovely. Talk to you later. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't yet, be sure to hit subscribe so that you can get new episodes loaded straight onto your phone as soon as they're ready. And as an added bonus, when you subscribe, it helps other artists find this advice so we can learn how to make our art more valuable as a community. What could be better than that? And be sure to say hello and let me know you've been listening over on Instagram. My handle is at artistmarketcup. I would love to hear from you.